I'd go ahead and dismiss Children's Church at this time with Pastor Rick and Diane. The rest of you would open your Bible to two different passages tonight. Luke 22 and also Ephesians chapter 4. Luke 22 and Ephesians chapter 4, please. Thank you, Caitlin. I enjoyed your presentation. <clears throat> I encourage any of our young people to go on mission trips. They are life-changing experiences. Uh, next week, uh, tentatively, we have my daughter, Sarah, and hopefully some other people from our church went on that trip to the Amazon. Uh, she give an update or a presentation of their uh, trip next Sunday night during the evening service. So I hope that works out. We can hear more from that. As you're turning there, those scriptures... Um, to give you an again, update on Lou Redkin and Lewis Clark, my wife and I spoke with Kathy this afternoon, and uh, Lou is doing much better. He's not out of the woods yet. They're still running tests to see what any, if any damage the heart attack caused on him. And they're uh, looking forward to coming back over here to Tampa. They're trying to find a, a cardiologist in the area, and also they're going to require him to do some um, uh, therapy, cardiac therapy, while he's here. So pray for them to find the right doctor and also the best place for him to get cardio rehab and be able to hopefully uh, get back. So we're just praying that he will gain all his strength, all his, uh, th uh, any effects of the uh, heart attack might diminish and he'll be back to normal once he gets back. So please pray for that. Brother Clark was admitted to the uh, St. Joseph North Hospital of Van Dyke. Tomorrow they're going to do a heart catheterization on him to see, uh, you know, what's going on there. So please pray for him. The Rutkins and Brother Clara, I'm sure they'll be grateful for that. All right, tonight I'd like to look at what I want to call the institution of the First Communion. The first time God instituted Christ instituted communion. That's in Luke chapter 22. But before we look at that, Go with me now. Do you have Ephesians chapter 4, please? Ephesians chapter 4. And I'll explain to you why I want to look at this verse. And we'll go to the uh, place where he had the Passover and the first Lord's Supper. Ephesians chapter 4, please. And we're going to begin in verse 1. Apostle Paul was speaking here to believers. And he noticed here. Ephesians 4, 1 said, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord. What do you mean by that? Of course, it's one of the prison epistles. And where was Paul at when he wrote this? He was in prison. And he referred to himself as a prisoner of the Lord. He said, I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you've been called. Now, the vocation here is not talking about a job or working at some a plant or some place outside. The vocation here is literally is the calling. That you walk worthy of the calling where you've been called. Talking about salvation. You know, God calls everyone to Christ, but only those who respond in faith are saved. But basically, he's calling upon Christians that you live a life that supports the salvation God has given to you. Let others see Christ in you. Walk worthy of the vocation where you've been called. Then he tells us how. How can I, as a Christian... Live a life that others can see that I have been saved, that I'm a child of God, that God has brought salvation to my life. 
there's four character qualities mentioned here. I hope you write them down or highlight them because we're going to see in a few moments these are the same qualities in the Lord Jesus Christ. He says in verse 2, after he said, what well, worthy of vocation will you have been called? Verse 2, with all what? Lowliness. What does the word lowliness mean? Humility. With all humility. goes on to say, and meekness. What does meekness mean? It means gentleness. But basically, meekness, someone once said, was strength and restraint. Who's uh, considered the meekest man in the Old Testament? Moses was. Especially when uh, the Jews constantly went, rebelled against him, against God, and how he, uh, even though he had great authority and great power, he restrained that. And so meekness is strength and restraint, is being gentle to those around you. The next one, in lowliness and meekness with what? Long-suffering. What does the word long-suffering mean? It means patience, but also can mean long-fused. <laughs> so many people today have a short fuse. You know what I'm trying to say? They blow up at the moment's notice. Aren't you grateful for people that have a long fuse? It takes a long time for them to get riled up and get angry. And here it says Christians ought to be long-fused to be patient. And the next word, loneliness and meekness with long-suffering, what's the next word? Forbearing one another in love. The word forbearing, you know what that word means? It means to put up with. How many grateful that God puts up with you? <laughs> I am so glad he puts up with me. And these are character qualities you ought to have toward other people. And when you are, want to lose your temper, when you want to not be patient, when you want to just fed up up here with somebody, remember God says you ought to be long-fused, patient, be gentle, in humility, and put up with other people. Each of these qualities are characters of Jesus Christ. Let me give you some verses on that. Matthew eleven twenty nine. do not turn there. Christ said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. Meekness and humility in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. The other two qualities, Romans 2, verse 4. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, and knowing, not that, knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance, so it talks about God's forbearance, God's long-suffering, and God's goodness. How many would say God is good? I was talking to someone today and talking about how good God is to each one of us. So these are qualities. So basically, humility, gentleness, patience, and forbearance, Christ has. And so he says we ought to have that toward one another. And what I'm going to do during the Lord's Supper, the Lord exhibited each one of these character qualities toward his apostles. During the Lord's Supper, the first institution of the Lord's Supper, during Passover, he characterized each one of these toward his apostles. Now go with me to the book of Luke, please. The book of Luke, chapter 22. Here they celebrate the Passover, and during the Passover, the Lord instituted the very first communion service, the first Lord's Supper. And it was during this celebration that Jesus instituted communion, the first Lord's Supper. So look with me, please, in verse 7, Luke 22, 7. Here's the preparation of the Passover. Passover was a Jewish holiday. 
and celebrate in the Passover of Moses when he uh, led. Remember, there was the when the Jewish people were delivered out of Egypt and they had the Passover to celebrate that time as a celebration of the Lord's deliverance, the Lord's salvation of the Jews out of Egypt. And so they celebrate that each year. In verse 7, notice in verse 22, verse 7, it said, Then came the day of the unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. Talking about the Passover lamb. By the way, who is our Passover lamb? The Lord Jesus Christ, of course. He died in our stead, in our place. Verse 8, And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare us the Passover that we may eat. So basically, he sent them to go prepare for this celebration of the Passover that they may eat of that Passover lamb. Verse 13, And they went and found as he said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. So here they, the preparation of the Passover, then also during this time, the celebration of the Passover. Look in verse 14, Luke twenty-two, fourteen, please. And when the hour was come, he, the Lord Jesus, sat down and the twelve apostles with him, and he said unto them with desire, have I desired to eat this Passover with you? They you know what that means? With fervent desire, I long to be with you. Isn't it great to know the Lord longs to be with us? With fervency desire, I long, I desire to be with you. And he says, to desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Verse 16, I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Though the Passover was symbolic of the uh, sacrifice of the lamb that celebrate the deliverance of Egypt, uh, Israel and Egypt, it is literally fulfilled in the kingdom. So they celebrated here and said, I will not celebrate this anymore until it's fulfilled into the kingdom of God. Verse 17, and he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. Verse 18, I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. So it was the last Passover he would celebrate with them and that he would do it again in the millennial kingdom. So that was the preparation of the Passover, the celebration of the Passover. Now, notice during this time, he institutes the very first Lord's Supper. Verse 19. And he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them saying, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. Verse 20. Likewise, also the cup after uh, also the cup after supper, saying, "This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you." He goes on, and, he, and the idea this doing remembrance of me. So it was during that Passover, the last Passover, Christ celebrated with his apostles that he instituted what we're going to do tonight, the first Lord's Supper. Now, listen carefully. There were four disturbing events that occurred before, during, and after the Lord's Supper. And during these events, they're very disturbing. We're going to see the Lord's forbearance, the Lord's patience, the long-suffering, and his meekness, and his humility. Notice, first of all, this is right before the Lord's Supper. Notice there, I'm going to show you, before the Lord's Supper, there was a plot by the Pharisees to kill Christ. Back up, if you would please, chapter 22, verse 1. Chapter 22, verse 1. A plot among the Pharisees to kill Jesus Christ. Now the feast of the unleavened bread uh, drew nigh. 
which is called the Passover, verse 2, and the chief priests and scribes sought how they might what? Kill him, for they feared the people. Now, you think about this. During the Passover, during the Lord's Supper, Jesus Christ, being God, knew all things. I don't know about you, it would affect me if I was having the Lord's Supper knowing someone was planning to kill me. <laughs> and that was him. He knew all about this. Didn't think it was a surprise. There was a plot to take his life. He knew all about it. That's the reason he came to this earth. But during the Lord's Supper, he knew about the plot of the Pharisees to put him to death. Next, also before the Lord's Supper, there was a plot to kill him. There was also a plan to betray him. If we look in verse 3, 22 verse 3. Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being in the number of the twelve. And he went his way and communed with the chief priest and the captains, how that he might, what? Betray him, Christ, unto them. They were glad and covenanted, covenanted to give him money. And he promised and saw opportunity to betray him unto them in the absence of the multitude. So interesting, why he was having communion with his apostles, right before that, Judas had a communion with these men to, put, uh, to betray him. So think about this now. Here the Lord Jesus, during the Lord's Supper and Passover, he knew in his mind the Pharisees had a plot to kill him. At the same time, Judas, one of his apostles, had a plan to betray him. Now, that happened before the Lord's Supper. Now, what was going on during the Lord's Supper? while he was celebrating this time with them. Look with me. Here's the presence of the one who sought to betray him. Look in chapter 22, verse 21. This is right after he passed the cup and the juice, saying, this is my body which is broken for you. Verse 19 and 20, verse 21. It said, but behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is what? It's with me on the table. So right now with me, now remember he knew the Pharisees had planned to kill him. Judas set a plot to betray him. And while he was selling the Lord's Supper, guess whose hand was on the table with him? There was the man going to betray him. Behold, the hand of him betrayeth me is with me at the table. And truly the Son of Man goeth, as it was determined, but woe unto the man by whom it is betrayed. And they began to inquire among themselves which of them it was should betray do the same. So basically, everybody please, I'm going somewhere, don't let me lose you. During this wonderful celebration of the Passover, when the Lord Jesus instituted the first Lord's Supper, he knew there was a plot to kill him. He knew there was a plan of one of his own apostles to betray him. And that was happened before. But while during the Passover, the man who was going to betray him was right there with him. But also, to me, this is quite amazing. This has happened during the, uh, the Lord's Supper. There was an argument among the apostles who would be the greatest in the heaven. Look in verse 24. An argument over who would be the, have the preeminence in heaven. Verse 24. And there was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. <laughs> These godly men... At the time of the Passover and celebration of the Lord's Supper are arguing who's going to be the greatest in heaven. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, that gives me hope. These men were called personally by the Lord Jesus Christ, chosen by God. 
You know what that tells me? You don't have to be perfect, perf perfect to be called of God. You don't have to be perfect to be chosen by God to serve. The Lord knew all this. So why were well, he having communion? That he had a plot to kill him, a plan to betray him, and his own apostles were fussing with each other who's going to be the greatest in heaven. These were spiritual giants, weren't they? And that was going on during communion. Then we saw what happened before, during, now what happened after the Lord's Supper. Look with me in verse 31 as a knowledge of Peter's denial. In verse 31, And the Lord said unto Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. In verse 23, And he said, Peter said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to what? Death. I don't know about you, Peter always was outspoken, wasn't he? And so basically, he said, Peter, I'm praying for you because Satan desires to have you. And he said, don't worry about me. I'm ready to go to prison, even die for you. And verse 34, and he, Jesus said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock, cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. Now look at me, please. In this very special time the Lord had with his disciples, a time he desired to do more than anything else. Right before that, there was the Pharisees with a plot to kill him. One of his apostles had a plan to betray him. That apostle was with him during the Lord's Supper itself. And then while during the Lord's Supper, after they passed the bread, the, the other apostles were fussing among themselves who's going to be the greatest in heaven. And then after that, he had knowledge that Peter was going to deny him. My friend, if there's ever a time when men needed patience from God, who needed his forbearance, his long-suffering, his meekness, it was then. You know, think about that. Here he is. The Passover was a symbolic of him going to the cross and dying for their sins. And his own apostles there, instead of grieving with him and praying for him, are fussing with each other about who's going to be the grace in heaven. I don't know about you, that's forbearance. He's putting up with them. <laughs> and uh, also he's patient with them. The very hand of the man who's going to betray him right there with him and talk about being patient and showing gentleness, the Lord Jesus did that. So we have humility, we have meekness, we have uh, long-suffering, and we have forbearance, all practice exhibited by the Lord Jesus during this time. And so uh, I want you to think about this. As we, in a few moments, partake of the Lord's Supper, is there somebody in your life that you need to have forbearance toward? Is there somebody that you need to be more patient with? Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your wife. Maybe it's your husband. Maybe it's something going on in your life. And though you may have the power to do something about it, maybe you need a little meekness, a little strength and restraint. Maybe you need a little humility and don't let your pride to get the best of you. These are all character traits that we would exhibit toward each other because the Lord Jesus exhibited toward us. How many grateful the Lord is patient with us? How many grateful the Lord forbears, puts up with our faults, as he did there? So in a few moments, we're going to have a time for us to examine ourselves. You ask yourself, Lord, do I need patience towards someone? Do I need to put up with someone who irritates me to no end? Do I need to exhibit humility? 
do I need to be gentle to those around me? Let's bow together, please. Father in heaven, these are character qualities that we are told to exhibit to one to another. And we saw how you exhibit each one of these towards your apostles in that time you celebrated the, Lord's, the first Lord's Supper with them. Father, help us to exhibit that in our own lives. There are people in our lives sometimes that we get irritated with. We lose our patience with. Sometimes we are not very humble in our lives. Lord, forgive us because you're always humble, humility toward us. You're always patient with us. You always put up with us. Thank you, Lord. May we exhibit that toward those around us. So, Father, when we fail to exhibit the characteristic of Lord Jesus, forgive us. Help us to be like Christ in every area of our life. In a few moments, Lord, we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper. It's a time of self-examination. May we examine our lives, and may the Holy Spirit bring to our attention any faults in our lives that are displeasing to you. So bless this time of communion. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Ask the, the uh, deacons come forward to have part in this. And if you would again, look again in Luke chapter 22. Now this is a very special time. Remember what Christ told his apostles? Basically, I desire to have this time with you. You realize this is a very special time to the Lord Jesus for us to have communion with him. And one thing that can hinder our communion with the Lord is sin in our lives. Did God speak to your heart something tonight about one of those character traits that you lack in your life? One thing we need to do, Apostle Paul said, before we do this, let, the Bible said, let a man examine himself and, and see if there's anything in him that's pleasing to God. So before we partake of this Lord's Supper, and if you want to go ahead and get your little cup out, this in front of you, and set it to the side, we're going to open that in just a moment. Let's have a time of self-examination, a time not to examine your spouse or your neighbor or your child or your parent, a time that you examine yourself and ask the Lord, see if there'll be any way in your life that's displeasing to him. If he brings something to your attention, what is a, what appropriate time to confess? If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all righteousness. So let's have a few moments of silence as you talk to God about your preparation of your heart towards a special time of communion with him, and then I'll have a word of prayer, and we'll go into the next step. Let's pray together, please.